All right, let me um, roll the intro, actually, because otherwise we'll just beat this for another hour, and then everything's going to go to crap. All right, three, two, one, go. Yeah. Being nomadic. Being nomadic. They don't pay you to be nomadic, though, unless you roll it in. But anyway, hey, everyone. Officially... (laughs) Welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown, episode 134, with the one and only Esteban Valdez, also known as the rarest of passengers. Um, how's it going, man? It's good. It's it's yeah. going good, man. Yeah. Enjoying, for... uh, enjoying the time. Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone, and good evening for everyone who's in Europe. And if you are somewhere in Asia or Austra- Australasia, that whole area... GFM, okay? We can say GFM <laughs> for you guys. Yes. Um, yeah, we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Obviously, we could just talk about the principles and like the life and all the other stuff for hours and hours and hours. And at some point, maybe I'll have to do like a hang type. I don't even if show, but like a, a hang Twitter space or something. Right. But uh, we do have business to get to. So... Uh, Obviously, if you're in my Discord, you can, um, you have my NFT, you can throw in a common digital cash rundown channel. YouTube super chats, I read those. Odyssey super chats, I also read those and can put those up on the screen. Um, I'm trying to work out the crypto super chat thing is actually the hard one to do. So maybe I'll just have to make it sure everyone buys my, buys my little monkey JPEG and does it that way. But um, FinCEN. So let's hit on that. Um, I put up the Seth for Oof. privacy because Seth is a good good fellow. He's been on um, the Zcash podcast segment of this channel before. And um, yeah. yeah. So let me just read a few things on this thing because FinCEN apparently uh, put out some new guidance that will attack privacy coins. He says, FinCEN's guidance is an attack on Bitcoin, full stop. And by the way, I'm a little triggered. I'm a little like reflexively triggered because every time... I hear the term attack on Bitcoin. What follows or proceeds is almost always complete nonsense, like complete like drivel. <laughs> but this case, this is an actual, <laughs> this is serious. Yeah. Actual. We can't use privacy tools to preserve our financial privacy on Bitcoin. It loses much of its sense of resistance and use as freedom money. Bitcoiners have to fight this with everything we have at our disposal. So blah, blah, blah. They want to, they want to stop us from using all privacy tools because they assess that using privacy methods with unreported results that only 13% of mixer usage is illicit. And no, the footnote provides no useful info. This is beyond closed doors analysis. So basically, um, the proposed rule would compel uh, covered financial institutions to attribute a covered transaction that involved customers and report this to FinCEN. So basically, they're making this apply to every tool in crypto, non-custodial, Decentralized consensus level, you name it, it all falls under this un- umbrella, the CBC mixer. So, yeah. Um, here we go. It's so absolute. It's ridiculous, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's to the point, kind of the nuts and bolts. If people aren't going to take the time to read this, mm-hmm. if you transmit your funds from an exchange to your own personal wallet, that's a crime. You send funds from your own wallet to your hardware wallet. That's a that's a crime. Um, if you don't date, you know, 
if you hide behind a VPN to send a transaction, that's a crime. I mean, you so much as sneeze in the wrong direction while pressing the send button or, you know, you're receiving it. That's a crime. Like how, how ridiculous. And I mean, first off, I hear a lot of people who go and say, Oh, uh, they can't enforce this or, uh, Bitcoin and crypto are going to be a, okay. Everything's going to be fine. It's like, no, the protocol might be fine and work as intended. Mm-hmm. The user is the one who may end up in the hot seat. Right? Yeah. The water's fine. It's the fish that fry. So this type of idiotic monstrosity and just abomination of legis- legislation is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And how in the world this came about should not surprise anybody, especially the people pushing it forward. The yeah. question is, what do you do next, right? How do you, how do you push back? How do you, how do you say, hey, this is not what I signed up for? Or mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do talking to your representatives, right? Mm-hmm. There's only so many phone calls and emails and letters you can send. I mean, I don't know. It, it's maybe it, this part is what's. Uh, frustrated me I, I haven't been able to figure something out for myself either other than mm-hmm. just pack up and, and leave You're like i'm done you know yeah um so this was Vincent is proposing this right mm-hmm. and there's like written comments that can be submitted within 90 days and it's pretty awful and all this kind of shit okay uh yeah i i kind of take I don't know, maybe there's, it's hopium, but I really hope that proposed never gets implemented, right? Um, right. There's some, we're at this weird political moment um, for just it, talking about partisan politics for a second, where uh, I kind of believe that the the left-leaning, let's just call them, although there's, you know, the hmm. side of things, is has this, I guess, unprecedented monopoly on power of the legacy institutions and is being unprecedentedly bold in exerting power in that way, but is also like a house of cards. Like it's there, the power is just like, it's just about to start slipping out of their fingers. And so I think you, I can start to see because political people are for the most part, just, you know, not good people they're not anyone you could trust but they do smell that they do smell their source of income which is public opinion and i'm starting (laughs) to see like the sharks sort of circle on like the right side of the equation again people i don't really like at all but people that are like yeah huh how can i position myself to to win and a lot of that is like talking you know to be in support of crypto because crypto is a lot of money a lot of people have crypto you know a lot of powerful people now have crypto and a lot of those people also i don't think really care about privacy terrorism any of that kind of, like they don't they're not on our side necessarily but it, it something like this is bad enough to where it could be like it could have hurt their bags wholesale like it's not just well you know if you still just kyc with coinbase and you just just you approved this and just a few little like, it sounds like it's like jail time for like anyone accidentally running the wrong thing 
And so yep. my my perspective on this situation, on this the way things are going, is I think we might start hitting into a file sharing era of crypto where you could always file share, not always, but you could. It got popular enough, and then they're like, whoa, 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 let's try to shut this down. And then it runs into the file sharing slash um, weed slash whatever else era of stuff where it's like technically super, pro like technically very illegal, but non-spicy, risky risk takers are actually doing it. Where it's like, for example... I mean, think about the hardcore criminalization of marijuana in the past, and then just think how many people during that era, which is technically still ongoing, but practically not, have been smoking weed, basically. A lot of like, yeah, just it, regular people. And same thing with file yeah, so what is it? It's like who stole uh, a yeah. movie. Right. I mean, there's, there's one aspect of it, okay, on the federal level, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's one thing, and then everything else is different at the state level. You know, and you could have some protections that way or some buffer or whatever the case may be. But still, even even just this. And I think the part that kind of gets me is the. The lethargy of users, right? Mm -hmm. People who are in the, the cryptocurrency space entirely are just. Quiet. You know, yeah, that's the part that that's. That's the other part. It's like, I there was a meme Seth put up there. He's, he's out there ringing the bell. I'm like, yep, I, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. Trying to, you know, see things for what they are, not what we want them to be. And it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating because there's so many distractions, right? Like the FinCEN part of it all. I don't know. I'm putting my, my tinfoil Alex Jones hat is on full blast which is like hey there's the etf everybody's getting happy and excited about an etf and then there's the fincen ruling and then there's an irs ruling that's on top of that and it's like no you know all of this is is like how do you set up or, or what's that that uh that that item about how do you capture wild boars right put a little bit of bait in the fields yeah and, and you put up a pen around them and so everybody's just feeding out in the field and i think that the etf fincen irs you know approvals if they get approvals is just corralling everybody into the pen and then mm. after that you know what happens and so everybody at least stateside right um it's like it, it's a cap like the whole crypto space is captured because people are for the most part. And again, this is just particularly to the US. I've been fortunate enough to travel around and see how different places are using, you know, Bitcoin and their cryptocurrencies. And it's a lot of hope on that end. It's very inspiring mm -hmm. to see that. Uh, now I'm like in the US, just nobody, nobody cares, which is really frustrating. You know, mm. it is a, I don't see anything from meetups or hear much from other people about, uh, you know, what's going on on this end of the spectrum. Yeah, maybe they don't know. Maybe they do know and they just don't care. Or maybe they do know, don't know what to do. I don't know. I have no idea. I just know that it's, it's just not a great feeling right now. 
at least my yeah. instincts are are not yeah. very uh <clears throat> yeah spidey senses are going off here the macro um the macro geopolitical take on this whole deal is i think we're we're coming close and by close means like next 20 or so years i guess to the end of the i guess the 100 year american empire where it wasn't mm. until after world war 2 where there was anything resembling an american empire it was just kind of a mind your own business country that you know always did right. nasty things and you know the civil war sucked the mexican war sucked all these other things sucked but it was still kind of like a regional thing and then after that it's just like oh like we're the number 1 and i think that the growth of america is definitely owed to its unprecedented freedom and a lot of this freedom is still like there but then they pile on all this nonsense on top of things and it's very you know the u.s is a very um schizophrenic country in that it's just <laughs> it's still the freest place in the planet in a lot of ways and then it's just the worst in a lot of other ways and can't really make up its mind of which way it's going to go, probably because of a sort of decentralization or bifurcation of entities mm -hmm. where individuals and institutions and things like that might still be very pro-freedom and capitalism and all that stuff. And then there's this monstrosity of the federal government, which, depending on the state you're in, like New Hampshire is a fantastically freedom-loving state. And then, but then there's still this umbrella of federal nonsense. And I really think that Americans are very complacent because they do enjoy a great deal of freedom in a lot of ways, but also they just have this idea of this America, this stuff can't happen. They don't see this monstrosity over them. And it just, I guess, it, and I have to admit, in my brain, there's a little bit of the same thing where I think when I see this FinCEN stuff, I did not feel any worry when I read the headlines and stuff. And mm. I still don't feel any, even though I'm intellectually thinking, because somewhere in my core, I'm thinking, I'm feeling at least, I'm trusting, right. even though it might not be smart, that like that could never really happen. If it got that bad, enough people would rise up and like yell at them, and enough states would pass nullification legislation, and they'd have to back down and be reasonable. Because this is America. This can't happen in America. And it's still, I still, I believe, like, I don't, I don't intellectually believe that, by the way. I, but I do believe it somewhere I, I know. in the gut. It's a feeling, it's, though. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you know about it, right? Yeah. But then there's the, the action part, which is like, because the, the issue is when, if you start taking action towards, you know, what you, you think on, then it becomes mm -hmm. more real and it's harder to, to really, I don't know. It, it's I don't want to say it's a coping mechanism, but in I guess from my perspective, it's like nope. I have seen the writing on the wall for a long time. Um, I didn't know what to do about it, and I'm still not 100% sure which way it's going to go. Right? It's like oh, we had one president and one administration, and hey, that that seemed to work. There's some some hope there, but. Then the more, I guess, uh, I'm disillusioned by things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to be vague, I mean, because it's probably just a very broad topic. Um, but the more I see individuals not understanding the root causes of their problems. 
mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's like, here's an example. So recently in the entertainment industry, you know, we've had a lot of strikes and a lot of uh, people putting things on hold. Well, the main issue is payment for a lot of people. And even now, uh, a lot of artists, effects, uh, visual effects artists, animators, designers are starting to really complain about their pay and you know what's going on and why can't they you know get a raise it's competitive and the thing is 95 ish and that's being very generous of people in that industry are not economics are not economists they don't understand money they don't you know look into these uh historical aspects of of our financial uh, state of being, they don't look at things like globalization, right? And how that's affected them. And so all they know is greed corporation, let me continue to vote for somebody who's going to help give me more of the things that I want for free, quote unquote. And it's just this perpetual cycle that keeps going where again, hey, the politician that says the things that they want and, and promises them you know, more of the same I mean, they're just going to continue to vote that way or go to states that, I don't know, that continue to push the or toe the line, go to companies that, that do the same. And it's like, there's no way out. You can't educate a lot of these people anymore because they don't want to hear it. They just want a solution, right? Um, I spent maybe the first decade of my, you know, my business years trying to help educate you know, artists and animators and, you know, people in production about economics and how this works for them, how they need to be competitive, how they should look at things from a global perspective and, and what it means for them, etc. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're just like, I just want to be paid, you know, an exuberant amount of money for doing the thing that I believe is worthwhile because my college degree said so. Mm. And it's not, you know, how about you you know, get paid in something else, right? Or why don't you go live in a different jurisdiction? Right? Why do you have to be in Los Angeles? Why do you need to be in New York? You know, you could do the same type of job from Kansas City. You can do the same job, you know, in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. You could do the same job somewhere else. It There's, you know, there's ways that you can change your status and, and get ahead. But oh, no, the jobs are in Los Angeles and let me you know, continue to, to work in that industry and let me work for these people and why am I going broke and why is all the work going to you know, Mexico and Korea? I'm, I'm losing my job. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's the cycle. cycle. So I don't, yeah, and I just don't see, like at least for, for myself and the Mrs. Passenger, right? Mm-hmm. We, um, we kind of took a look at this and like, yeah, this stuff ain't getting better it's not changing. It's in fact, it, it feels like the volatility in the, in the country is, you know, it's starting to look like a Bitcoin graph, yeah. you know? And the only thing that started to make sense was, <clears throat> well, they say the U S is the cleanest shirt in the dirty hamp, uh, hamper. So if that's the case, then which is like the cleanest sock that isn't as crusty. You know, so mm. places like Florida, New Hampshire, I don't know about Texas anymore. I, I can't say uh, Wyoming. I think a lot of things are, are not turning the way that the people had hoped. Uh, and then the next one is, okay, well, what if we decide to be nomadic and start going to places that have more personal freedom, right? Mm-hmm. 
So there's the, the Cato Index of Personal Freedoms. Um, and we just started visiting those places and seeing if that's, you know, if any of that's true, um, if it works for us and, and what might be, uh, I don't know, more friendly or more free for, for people like us, you know? Mm -hmm. And the more we kept traveling, the more we kept kind of realizing like, yeah, this is a, this whole FinCEN IRS issue is very real and we're not sure what we could do outside of what we're doing for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's shaping up to be very interesting in this regard because um, yep. for, on the one hand, we've seen and like you get to see these like there's something to be said when the largest i guess independent media outlet on the planet which is the joe rogan podcast uh hmm. literally relocates from a like roughly you know roughly categorized from a blue state to a red state um because to avoid all this kind of nonsense for freedom basically um is kind of like a, a shot heard around the world of course a lot of people oh, austin let's go to okay whatever yeah. i'm not i'm not going to austin but the point is um, <laughs> just it, it gave people permission to not live where they're at anymore and of course the free state project has been doing this kind of thing for decades now and a bunch of other places you start to see people reshuffling florida i remember when florida was a swing state with the bush gore election and now look at florida like very things change yeah. fast and so we're starting to see a drain out of these sort of horrible blue state areas into other places like a free market reshuffling. But I'm very interested to see what right. happens in places like California, because for example, California is full of Republicans. There's just so many of them. They're just outnumbered and don't win elections. But at some point, and also they've been like tolerant of how awful California is because their lives are still pretty good. And they're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll deal with these horrible taxes and some like homeless people here or there, whatever. I'll deal with a little bit of that because I, I like California. But then when they get, they do keep the craziness in check. But once enough of them leave, the craziness doesn't get in check. It's all the kinds of like writers strike type people getting all their way in legislation. And then that either causes, it's got to be like a binary. It's either it causes the flight of the rest of the people who were kind of reasonable mm -hmm. out and just causes a spike and implosion effect. Boom. And the whole, whole state goes to nothing or it causes those people to become active and retake sort of that side of things. So either way, I'm kind of, I think it's a good sign for like freer places in the U S specifically, because you get more of those people looking for that into these places, these states start to become more and more at odds with the federal government and their blue state neighbors. And then that causes some kind of a shakeup where it's before it's been like the states and the, and the feds are very much on the same team. And now there's starting to like be some friction and then, or it could just be, it causes like a nationwide, I guess, resurgence and freedom and stuff. But either way, it's going to be bumpy road for a little while. And I do think that people will have to, if people wanting to use crypto for what it's worth uh, are going to have to start being careful and how they do it. And there yeah. will be, there will be a, um, I think it's, it's the time is now to start a, not in, not just an individual level, but a collective, collective lawyering up 
of like who are the guys who are going to take whoever gets arrested's case when they are just using their at-home mixer to get that privacy so they can buy their coffee. And like who is going to take that all the way to the Supreme Court <laughs> when they get elected? Let's start planning now because yeah, yeah. It's, it's happening. It is. That's that's the big thing. It is happening. I mean, to, to talk about California briefly, I mean, for the most part, people mm-hmm. see the the decay of like in Los Angeles specifically. I have people and friends in, you know, very nice neighborhoods who know someone who was mugged like next door and they literally are a meme of that dog in the bar on fire saying this is fine (laughs) that's just yeah they are okay with it and so long as it's not red it's fine that's been the mentality for a lot of people so long as it's blue we're we're cool outside and it's just ridiculous because they they see it right san francisco the streets are just covered in shit and people are just like, no, this is, you know, we're good. It's still, uh, at least we're not conservative. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, as far as, like, getting people to take action, you know, and saying, hey, look, you know, why am I facing prison time? Because I bought a latte with, you know, a mixed coin. <laughs> it's just... To even keep to that point, it's, it's just so fucking ridiculous. It's so absurd. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there's that book. I don't know if you ever read it. It's called Three Felonies a Day. Yeah. And, I might have skimmed it back in the day, but I'm very well aware of that book. Yeah, right? You just wake up in the morning, have your cup of joe, go to work, do your thing, come back home, and you didn't know that you've committed three felonies. Mm-hmm. Just in that, that idea alone. I mean, yeah, again, do you have... You know, states with their individual you know mandates and legislation versus the federal government but can go back to marijuana laws and how some states it's legal to sell and smoke etc but still to get here and people to stay in that state of complacency it's i, I don't know what has to happen right or likewise the change in california or in other states where things have just fallen apart, it's like, well, how much, right? How much are you, are you willing to take? And then my point is like, if I was in the state of California and things got really bad, how long do I want to stay in that state? Do I want to be there from ground zero to see, you know, boots on the ground change? Or do I want to kind of sit on the sideline in a state that's much freer? And then come yeah. back later and be like, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. Know. It to sort of wrap up the thought of like where do you go in the meantime? I sort of feel like um, the freest part of the U.S. is like I think that's a good spot to make a stand. Uh, Hmm. It's really tricky though because anywhere in the U.S. has a lot of uh, risks, especially like tax and finance related things. But the other thing is, as far as I know, there's no other country in the world that has both a hardcore free speech and hardcore firearms ownership real like enshrined in law and cultures for hundreds of years and so those are the two things that kind of keep things from going awful 
that's like you, that's like your your ultimate like escape out. That's like the ripcord in your parachute. Yeah. And so everywhere else in the world, because you know I come from a family of expats that you know moved to Mexico to live freer and did kind of, but like at the same time, there's always the when they got they got politically active and were told by some people, if you'd done this like ten years ago, you'd have gotten assassinated by now. And then there's also the okay, you can only protect your ho- your home with guns because you have them all hidden away where the cops can't find them because you could go to prison for just even having an empty shotgun shell. And like, okay, right. so it's just like, it's a really touch and go thing. And like, I remember friends in St. Kitts, you know, obviously you know who that might be. And then also in Panama, crypto nomad type people um, who were just like, oh, it's so great. Ditch the US is so much better. And then when COVID hits, they're there on the Zoom call under curfew. Like literally they can't leave their house. It's like, yeah. oh, that changes fast. That expat freedom changes fast. So there's no right answer is the answer. <laughs> just pick your yeah. poison. And um, being a nomad, yeah. I think, helps as long as you can, as long as you are confident that you can skip out of a town of wherever you're at that starts Passed to suck, up. Yeah. then you're great. Um, and real quick, yeah. just it's... It, give me a verbal yeah. warning when you have like 30 seconds and you got to like jet. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, the nomad thing has been interesting, too, because I hear a lot of people talking about that, too. And I don't know, maybe this is just the uh, the idiot in me, but I have to test to see if the stove is hot myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we spent a lot of this year just like bouncing around the states and checking out which ones we like. We haven't made it to New Hampshire yet. That's still on the list. We still have a, another two months to go. Um but for the most part, it's like, yeah, we've we've checked it out. It seems interesting. It definitely makes the case for using Bitcoin and crypto like a hundred percent easier. Mm-hmm. Just being able to travel without restrictions and do the things that you need to do without the hassle of getting permission from you know your bank, right? Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's also been just such a hustle, you know. Because we did the homestead thing for a little bit, that was that was good for what it was. But uh, certain community, city, you know, state laws don't exactly allow you to do everything you want to do, even though you try. Um, mm-hmm. But this nomadic thing has been interesting as well. Uh, and, but I would say this: it kind of goes hand in hand with with crypto. Right. You have financial freedom, so you're free from banks. And then the idea that you have location independence as well, that you mm-hmm. can go places where you want is also equally interesting. I don't know what's the right answer at this point, but uh, we like it. It's pretty interesting, but I don't know if it's a long term thing. You know, it is. But I think people should at least try it once and uh get a feel for it i don't know about living out of a van though that that stuff's uh, that doesn't sound very appealing at all yeah that's like hoboness and hoboness is not like why do you want to be free it's to live better and if you're living worse yeah uh do you have time to touch on the the lightning thing or you got a split i i got a minute so we can hit on the lightning stuff real quick all right so just to touch it because it's very it's super nuanced, I guess, at the end mm-hmm. of the day. But it's anyway, so I just did this Twitter thread that got popular about 
there's some Lightning Network exploit that was discovered. There's still like, it's not like the whole network's worthless, but it's kind yeah. of an uncurable problem that just in some cases could result in some thefts and all this kind of stuff. But basically, and then the, the dev who discovered it just quit Lightning. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> this, is, this is nonsense. He just stopped yeah. doing it. And so it's kind of this like fork in the road for Bitcoin of are they going to figure out something other than Lightning to work? Is it just going to be people just resort back to using it on chain and use like other coins to to basic payments? Um, as like someone who is not a is not a like bad faith hand wave away gaslighter like yourself mm. who actually uses this stuff, uh, what's kind of your hot take on I don't know all this stuff? Does it even matter? Is it even really on your radar that much? I mean, it's like I, I've been keeping tabs on this one. I don't know. I think what it what it is is you're finding out what things do and what they don't do, right? So, I think there's some things that Lightning does that are that's interesting, but I know many more people who just they can't figure it out and mm -hmm. part of my my thoughts are you know i think lightning might be great for you know banking 3.0 and i know a lot of uh maxis kind of chastise me when i'm at the meetups and they're like what the hell are you talking about it's like well look let's let's talk about what hal finney had mentioned in his papers you know in his writings and, and his thoughts with free banking and is it a terrible thing i don't know but let's look at the reality most people don't run their own nodes most people are not going to manage their own channels. You know, most people are not going to do most things that they should, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to be sovereign. Um, Lightning it seems to be really good for Noster. Noster is an interesting platform, right? You have a Lightning mm -hmm. wallet. You can sign up instead of you know having to be stuck on one social network. You can bounce around as you please. That's interesting to me. Uh, but there's also other layer twos as well, although people don't seem to take that, right? Like look, the Liquid Network, I never mess around with it. There's RGB, that's another one. There's the Stacks Network, which people, you know, especially the Maxis are like, no, I don't want to play around with PhD coin. But I mean, really there's, there's other, you know, layer twos, it's not just Lightning. And the majority of the time, I just think that people who who either champion it uh, as if it's it's perfection itself, and then people who you know dismiss it entirely have either you know on both sides of that coin never use it. Yeah, they don't know because there's some about. people. Yeah, exactly. Both of they have no no clue what. Exactly, and, and so for me, it's like, look, I've run my own Lightning node and channel. It's difficult. It's not easy, and you know. Every time I try to make a payment, there's some issues. I've used the LSPs. I've never used the custodial service though, so mm. I'll, I'll give myself that. Um, but I've used like you know the Phoenix Wallet. It works, right? Breeze Wallet. It works. Um, but to that point, I'm like, but that's just essentially a bank, it, or it becomes a bank without the KYC stuff, right? Yeah, and. It, are some people going to be okay using it? Yeah, for now. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe uh, the, the French government puts async on notice, and they're like, hey, you need to start KYCing everybody. 
there's the possibility. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been using Lightning as much these days. I've become more of an on-chain maxi. Hmm. Uh, thanks. I blame you for that one. <laughs> yeah, is it is it a, like, like a pain in the ass to use on-chain? Because I remember in the last year or so, it's been affordable to where it'll go through soon. It'll be like 50 cents. It'll like, you know, but like, is it that way still? Like, I, I don't use Bitcoin hardly No, anymore. it's been really, yeah, like the, what was it? The last few weeks, it's been between like two to six sats per V byte, which mm-hmm. has been great. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there are times I've only paid like maybe eight cents, ten cents at a time. Uh, the network gets congested, and it's just, oh, yeah, no, it's I'll I'll, I'll use something else. You know, mm-hmm. it, I don't know because I'm a user. I'm just looking at at the tools and yeah. what's going to function best. And there's something, sometimes I use Lightning, like here, uh, there's several shops that are using the Osmos wallet and the Ibex wallet. And uh, some of them, it's kind of like Coins OS, mm-hmm. which is browser base. And eh, get Lightning, use it, pay it. There was a dude here who, uh, he had a taco shop that was using Samurai wallet. So we'll just send funds to him on chain. I mean, you get a variety of people who want a variety of things. And then also, mm-hmm. too, I mean, there's places that will only accept U.S. dollars. They don't want, you know, quetzales or pesos. And I, I find that being, at least in my travels, it's like I can't just use one currency, right? So yeah. in, uh, yeah, so like in Korea, I found that, okay, I'm using Bitcoin, Dash, uh Bitcoin cash, dollars, Korean wands, and in some places it was euros. Wow. So I've always had to keep like this mix of stuff because some people want different things mm-hmm. and different sensibilities and, and their different ideals. And it's like, well, hey, if I want to, it's a market, right? If they yeah. want to sell me, you know, a good or service, well, I mean, they're the producer, they're in command of the price. Yeah, so. the free market of money. I have noticed that, um, first off, it seems like the free market has dictated that people want Bitcoin more than other coins. And it seems mm-hmm. to have dictated that people, rather than use, sometimes they'll use Lightning, but rather than use that kind of stuff, they'll use on-chain if they can afford it, or they'll use some other coins. And as far as yeah. what is... Pr- according to the data and practically what has happened has been Litecoin's been the real lightning network because you know it's fast and cheap not not really that fast but whatever it's cheap and it's on a <laughs> lot of the same same exchanges so it's like easy to just have some yeah. too and it's like half of bitcoin's daily transaction volume so it's clear and growing so it's clearly what people are using yeah philosophically i found most maxis to like to use monero on the side because they're like okay yeah. i have my savings account I don't trust the whatever of the value long-term of Monero, but I do. It's cypherpunk and cool enough, and it gives me the, it's cheap enough, and it gives me the privacy that I've been looking for. So I do some of that on the side. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's, I mean, there's like Dash works probably, it's like Litecoin, but works better as like a side thing. 
you know, some people, you know, use only that and then, you know, they the market doesn't do so well and they cry, but whatever. And then uh you do find like the Bitcoin Cash is kind of in an even worse similar situation where it makes perfect sense to just use the fast cheap. It's like it's like the drive chain. Bitcoin Cash is the cashy drive chain for Bitcoin, for BDC. But no one I wouldn't say no one, but like 99.9% no one uses both of those. It's so polarized where people just will only use Bitcoin and maybe Litecoin or some others. Bcash. Right. Or if they use it, they'll just, that's it. That's all they'll use. It won't hold any BTC. So it's kind of interesting how the free market's shaken out. Yeah, it's uh, just a second. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand... I mean, I, I get the tribalism. I mean, sports teams are the same way, but mm-hmm. again, it comes to a point where, like, you know, you either like the sport. Like most people I know who who love football, and they're just like rooting for their favorite team. Rarely play sports, right? They're they're not in the gym. They're not training. They don't have a a group that they they play the game with, right? There's a different type of appreciation when you understand the mechanics of it. And I feel like that's the same way with a lot of people too. It's this is my favorite coin. I only use this coin and no other coin is ever like this coin is mine. <laughs> that's it. Yes. Um, this coin is mine. It, it's just coin. really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I got another minute left. Um, but for the most part, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I've used Monero as well. It's, I think everything has its place in, in what it works. I mean, my stance is, well, my my root, right? The root folder is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And then I have subfolders for everything else. And then if I'm not using it, it goes back to Bitcoin. Big mm-hmm. fucking deal. Swap it if you if you want, right? It's yeah. not hard. I mean, it might become illegal <laughs> at this point, but it's not hard to do. And I again, I just don't... I guess it, 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 the fanaticism comes from that lack of use right yeah it's if you're a user you kind of see things differently yeah use it to maintain sanity all right so you gotta take off now right yeah all right but uh thanks Um, a lot man it's been fun always always fun chatting rare passenger on twitter that's the best place to go um Yep. No stir. I can't read out your NPUB or whatever. So whatever. <laughs> Start there. There will be links and other things, places. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. You know, have a great weekend. Remember, use crypto. Your phone's spying on you. All that good stuff. And uh, see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Cheers.